The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Thank you for calling WebmasterRadio.fm during office hours. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. We're connecting you now to office hours only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Vanessa Fox. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Office Hours on Webmaster Radio. I'm Vanessa Fox. We haven't had a live show in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited that we're back. Um, so hello to everyone who's listening, and hello to everyone in the chat room. If you have questions, you can send them over, and I will do my best to read and talk at the same time. Uh, so we're going to go through, I think, lots of random stuff today in terms of of what's going on. Um, we have a question, actually, that's queued up. Um, so we will get to that in a second. Um, but how are you doing, Brasco? Wrong microphone. There we go. <laughs> I'm doing great. Happy Cinco de Mayo. It's uh, very rainy in South Florida, and uh, it's, it's been a good week. That's good. It's been, uh, you know, kind of taking it easy. Just, uh, I don't know, it's one of those weeks where I've been going like going out to restaurants like quite a bit, like every day, just like NBA basketball's on, like, you know, just getting out of the house a little more. Just, I don't know. Yeah, it's always nice to get out of the house a little bit. Oh. I get out of the house a lot, but mostly to go on airplanes. I know. God, go ahead and uh, like they should just give your own like uh, should have like a cot at the airport just for you at Seattle, whatever the airport in Seattle's called. SeaTac, yeah, they should. Oh, SeaTac, there we go. Yeah, they should have the Vanessa lot. Fox wing. No, the Vanessa Fox terminal. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sad, actually. No, no. <laughs> Why? Because you think. Like, um, so you have found search news for us today. Yeah, well, just going through so far, and it's just um, we were kind of talking about this on the, our previous show with uh, the Webcology show. You know, you were saying it was a rumor we were talking off air that Facebook and Google are looking to part- be a partners, and Facebook wants to go ahead and buy Skype, and the value will be between three and four billion dollars. Um, wow. And at the same time, Skype is actually looking to go ahead and send out an IPO that would start at $1 billion. So, you know. So, which is it going to be? I don't know. Are they going to get bought by, uh, are they going to do an IPO? You know, and I'm wondering if they put an IPO out there, how much could it make? I mean, you know, it's not going to go gangbusters like Google do with their IPO, but um, let's see. Well, so eBay had bought them, right? Didn't eBay buy them? Um, or did that not happen? Let's see. Am I remembering this incorrectly? And then something um, something happened at some point with that. Perhaps not. I'm not well, sure. it, it would be it, interesting oh. if Facebook bought them, right? Because Facebook wants to become this whole new um, communications platform, right? Like a while back ago, they were sort of announcing this new Facebook mail thing that hasn't, it's still, I think, in some kind of private beta that hasn't been launched. And you know, they want to, like, revolutionize online messaging. So that would be sort of an interesting fit if they were to do that. 
Reuters, but, just to let you know, is the one that's reporting that this has actually happened. And I guess he spoke to Mark Zuckerberg, and he, he admitted that they were dis- discussing with Skype about getting the, the service, making uh-huh. the beginning partnership. And it's either going to so, be a potential joint venture or acquisition. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. I also just saw another stat, I, I can't hunt it down right at the moment, that said that um, they've now started to get more more um, traffic than than um, Google in terms of sort of overall, you know, visits on the web. Which is very interesting. So, I don't know. I mean, the thing with Google, um, I there was a study that I was reading that came out fairly recently that um, surveyed um, a bunch of people and had them try out who'd never tried Bing before. And they tried Bing results, and they said they actually liked them, that they thought that the user interface of Bing was better than the interface of Google, and that they thought that the relevancy of results was similar to Google, which would you'd think then that if they thought, well, the relevancy is the same and we like the UI better, that they would swap. But actually, all of the people said that even though they liked it better, they wouldn't switch because they're sort of accustomed to the Google interface, so it's just easier to use something that they already have been accustomed to, but also that they use um, Google for everything else, like um, Google Apps and email um, and all that, and so it's easier to just um, stick with that all around. Um, And so, you know, um, Google is at least a small part of how they're maintaining their market share is to have people use them for lots of other stuff, right? So if Facebook now is becoming... Even more so than um, Google, the primary place where people send their time, does that mean people are going to start to search from Facebook now that you can search with Bing? Um, have you ever searched from Facebook, Roscoe? Well, I can say, you know, not so much search, but I mean, I see a lot of stories. I've done a little bit of searching from there, but not. I don't think there's a whole lot that comes from it. What I've always seen is um, I catch myself more often catching news stories from Facebook because people have posted it before I do on Twitter or just doing a search on Google. And, you know, I do the opposite because I never go to Facebook myself. Um, so I normally use, like, the Twitter feed to get news now. But I would think that the Facebook news feed would be similar for a lot of people, right? They go there to kind of see the news of the day and see what people are posting and talking about. I spend a lot more time on Facebook, and that's even with the, with the phone. I just bought an Android a couple of weeks back, and yep. I spend a lot more time on Facebook just because, you know, the functionality is better. There's a whole lot more you can do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's, visibility is just still a lot better. It's just a lot easier to navigate. That's interesting. You know, and I think it depends on the person and kind of depends on how you have things set up, right? Because for Facebook, um, the people, it's sort of a reciprocal arrangement, right? So whoever wants to follow you, you have to follow them, right? So they want to add you as, um, you know, a friend and you have to accept it. So it instantly becomes a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like the Twitter, people can follow me and I don't follow them back. And it lets me have a really um, non-noisy stream because I just follow sort of um, the, the accounts that have news that I might be interested in. Whereas, like, the Facebook feed is just everybody, um, and so it's more noisy for me. So I guess it depends on how everyone has their stuff set up. See, the other thing, too, with Twitter is that I best use Twitter when there's an event that's going on. When there's something where there's going to be a whole lot of people together, and then you can actually transform what is being talked about by the trending topic as a chat room. I mean, hell, we just had Osama bin Laden get killed 
uh, this past weekend. And I'll tell you, yep. that's where I first found it on Twitter. I, first, I found out the news story on Facebook. And then uh-huh. I went to Twitter to see where it was trending and how people were responding to it. And then I would just sit there for about three hours, and I was on Twitter putting information in there. And then, of course, with Twitter, anything I put on Twitter goes to Facebook. So I was actually hitting both resources and just commenting and just seeing what people would say, you know, feedback and coming back and forth. You know, it is interesting. I think you're totally right that it's become sort of like this instant global chat room. Um, so, you know, it really, I, I think it, it just speaks a lot to sort of our change of behavior and how things are starting to go. And, um, you know, I think we're going to con- start to see more and more of these types of, you know, changes. Um, so interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff. Um All right, so before we get too far, um, because we could just sort of babble all day, let me answer Stefan's question. Um, And actually, this is interesting because he has an internationalization type question, and I was um, at SMX um, Toronto last week, and so um, internationalization came up a bunch, um, both in terms of um, country stuff as well as language stuff, because, of course, in Canada – you have the issue where you have English and you have like French. And so, you know, that's an issue. And then, you know, you have Canada and you have the United States. And um, so there's a lot of um, intricacies there. So I believe what Stefan wanted to know, if I recall the question um, correctly, um, was he has a site that's for a particular um, country. I forget which that he said that, that it was. Um, um, oh, one is German. And so that's his example.com. Um, but then if you go to example.com slash EN, that's his, his English content. And so he wondered, he said, should I create two Google Webmaster Tools account um, dashboards? And so I'm not quite sure what you're asking there. I mean, you only need one Google Webmaster Tools account. Um, there's a couple of different um, things going on here. The, the primary answer to your question, though, is that um, you should start with verifying the root first. Because what happens when you verify the root is that basically anything underneath the root gets verified automatically. So once you verify example.com, you can add example.com slash en as a separate site in your same account. It'll it'll automatically be verified. So you can do that for as many subfolders as you want. And then as you say, what you can do then is go in to the geographic targeting feature and set the root to one Location, and then you can set all of the subfolders to different locations. Um, so that's probably what you would want to do here. Um, you know, you can't do the same. Well, you, you can do a similar thing with subdomains, um, except that you have to verify each of the subdomains separately. So that is one of the things that makes having subfolders easier, is that you just have to verify the root, and then um, you don't have to worry about the subfolders, um, whereas with subdomains you do. But for each case, um, it would work the same in terms of geographic targeting. So um, that would probably be the, the way to go about it. Um, and you know, we talked about this a bit at SMX last week in terms of should you do that versus have a separate TLD, right? So example.de for German and example.com for English. Um, and, you know, I've written a blog post about this a few years ago. A lot of people have talked about this. Um, the Google Webmaster Central blog has several posts on this, and there's really pros and cons for each one. Um, but typically, if you're able to get the TLDs, and if you really um, are making an effort to have a presence in each country where you're building out really a completely separate set of content um, for each audience and you're really localizing it so that you're engaging with the local audience, it can be 
to your benefit to put it on a separate TLD, particularly um, since in some countries people tend to discern relevance based on that. So um, for, for, I mean, you can um, imagine this if you're in the United States and you do a search and you see a site, say, a, you know, example.fr show up in the search results, you might be less likely to click on that because you might think, oh, that's a French site. Um, you know, so that's not going to be relevant for me. So the, the same thing might happen, right, if you're in, you know, like France. Um, and if the site is example.com instead of example.fr, you know, they're going to be less likely to click on it. But, you know, there's pros and cons either way. Um, but, yeah, you can you should certainly go into Google Webmaster Tools and you can set each of those separately. You know, one issue, of course, is that um, that's only going to apply to Google. Um, it's not going to apply to Bing plus Yahoo. Um, and that really matters mostly for the United States. Um, it matters less so in some other countries, right, because Google um, has fairly dominant market share in a lot of countries. Like, of course, Germany, Google has over 90% market share. So um, if you set it for Google, you're probably good, um, at least for now. You know, who knows what will happen with market share in the future. Um, which brings me to just one other note I wanted to mention. Um, I have a new post up on O'Reilly Radar today. You know, I do these weekly uh, search recaps to just sort of recap what's happening um, in the world of search. Um, and this weekly recap is not really SEO specific. It's not really like what's the latest that's happening in the world of SEO. It's really um, more just sort of the industry of search. So, you know, what's happening with search engine market share and um, what's happening with sort of the evolution of searcher behavior. So if you're interested in that stuff, um, you can keep your eye out for my weekly article there. Or if you get the RSS from my site, 9byblue.com, um, I think that will get picked up automatically. Um, anyway, um, the post hasn't posted yet today, um, but it should be up later this afternoon. Um, and I talked a bit about how there was just this announcement that Bing was going to become the dominant or the um, the default search engine on RIM devices. Did you see this, Brasco? Please fill me in. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because Google... Um, in the United States, has something like 97% market share on the mobile phone, which is crazy. Um, and it's particularly um, crazy when you think about the fact that, honestly, Microsoft should have um, really had this um, because Windows mobile devices, of course, have been around a lot longer than Android devices. And I think Microsoft you know, really had the opportunity to really um, dominate mobile, um, both the handsets and search, but the latest stats that I saw, which I linked to in the radar post, is that I think these were Comscore stats. Um, Windows Mobile has something like nine percent market share now. RIM has I don't know twenty some percent, thirty percent, and then of course um, iPhone and um, Android. So um, Google is the default search engine for you know Android devices, obviously, but also iPhone. So that gives them over fifty percent. Um, just through distribution, but since they have 97% share, that means people on other phones are using Google as well. So Bing's trying to get in on this action. So they just did a deal with RIM to be the default search engine on you know BlackBerry devices. So we'll see how much that changes um, the landscape of um, mobile search share, um, and we'll see if Google loses a lot of that 97%. 
Um, so I'm not sure, you know, if that's going to happen or not, but that, you know, you know, obviously is their hope. Um, and the week before, um, I'd link to some other stats um, that I think we also posted about on Search Engine Land about how it looks like IE9 is helping Bing market share as well because as people adopt IE9, they start to use Bing, which is the default um, search engine there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um, looks like it's about time for us to take a break. So why don't we do that? And um, we will be right back on uh, Webmaster Radio. Please hold. Vanessa will be with you in a moment with more Office Hours. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try my SEO tool risk-free today. Go to myseotool.com. Myseotool.com. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to webmasterradio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for webmasterradio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to webmasterradio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. Webmasterradio.fm. We really are everywhere. We thank you for holding. We will now connect you for more office hours only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Office Hours on Webmaster Radio. I am Vanessa Fox, and if you are listening to us live, hello, and if you're in the chat room, hello to you as well. Um, you can, of course, always also... Um, download the podcast on iTunes if you'd like to listen to it later. And Brasco just told me today about this. Um, I believe it's an iPhone and Android app. You can jump in here if I'm getting any of this incorrectly. It's called Tune In, all one mm-hmm. word. Um, and once you download that app, you can go to Talk and then Technology and then uh, I believe Webmaster Radio, and that yeah. lets you listen to the live stream. Anytime. So if you happen to be, you know, in your car or somewhere not near your computer at 1 p.m. Pacific on a Thursday afternoon, um, you can just tune in via your phone. Is that right? Yeah. Um, just, you know, 
you know, you can either there's also a little searchable tab at the very top of the app. So if you want to just type in Webmaster, you can go right to it from there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it comes in real clear, doesn't crash. It's uh, it's got great reviews on Android Market and iTunes Store. Um, and if you got a Palm, a BlackBerry, or Samsung phone, Windows phone, you can also download it on there too. And you know, awesome. of course, iTunes has to charge ninety nine cents for the app. Of course. Android, of course. Android free. Everybody else is free too. Oh, everyone except for um, iTunes. <laughs> iTunes, yeah. iTunes and iPad, yes. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were saying earlier, uh, before the show started, if you want to download the podcast to listen on your phone, the best way is either to go to the mobile version of the website, which you should just be able to get to by going to your phone and going to webmasterradio.fm or going fast. to iTunes on your phone and downloading the podcast there. Right? Absolutely. It's very fast. The mobile version is like lightning quick, and you can get right to it. You just saw, you know, if you don't see the new show, like, you know, the, the, the most recent shows, the most recent 10 shows show up on the front of the page, and just scroll down to search engine optimization, find your show, and start downloading. Awesome. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Um, all right, so I just posted a link in the chat room. Google um, posted a blog post earlier today about a new tool and so i haven't had a chance to do much with it yet or really do anything with it at all but it seems really super cool um and so this is on the official google blog and it's a new tool called search globe and so if you've ever been to the main um, googleplex in mountain view in building 43 for years and years Um, They've had this display there that has this rotating globe that has points of light that represent search volume um, that's real time. So you see the globe spinning and you can see in real time um, the relative search volume across the world. So each color represents a different language. And so you you can see, like, for instance, where people are sleeping versus where they're at work. and, for instance, parts of Africa that, that maybe don't have Internet at all. So you can see, like, these big points of light, little points of light, and they're in all these different colors, and it's really super awesome. Well, it looks like they've basically taken that and put it, put it online um, with a tool card called Search Globe. Um, so it looks really cool, and everyone should check it out. I'm not sure exactly um, what all is available on it or how much you can um, dive into the details of it. They also say they've open-sourced it so that you can build your own globe using your own um, – um, data. Um, so that seems pretty cool too. So definitely check that out. Um, you know, I think the more data we can get about, um, search and user behavior, um, and online behavior and kind of how we, um, approach and consume information, the better. Um, so yeah, so pretty awesome stuff. Um, few other things that I wanted to mention. One is kind of a little bit of a rant, perhaps. Um, at SMX last week, um, I was on some panels, particularly the last panel of the conference that was called Where's Next? Uh, or What's Next? Where's Next doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> um, where we talked about kind of like what we think the future of search is and um, – We talked a little bit about the Google Panda update, um, and, you know, this also came up at SMX West, um, and now it's being talked about a little bit again um, because there is this NPR story that I believe Matt Cutts was on sort of talking about um, 
you know, sites that have had some um, issues because of Panda. And Matt um, made a comment that I think might be being misconstrued a little bit. Um, let's see if I can actually read his quote where he said, think about something like the Apple product. When you buy an Apple product, you open it up. The box is beautiful. The packaging is beautiful. The entire experience is really wonderful. Um, and here he's talking about the site's, um, they want to have come up in top results at Google. Um, so people are sort of taking this to mean every single site has to, you know, look exactly like Apple. Um, and then there was another um, article along the same lines of a furniture store online that was saying, oh, you know, I have, it's all about um, content. I thought it was all about the quality of my products and the fact it was really easy for people to buy them. But no, I had to hire this writer to go and rewrite every single page of my site and all of the, you know, the furniture listings, um, cause I was hit by Panda. So, um, I'm in the middle of writing kind of a longer article about this, but I, I just think that content is important, but I feel like we might be going off course a little bit. I, it's not that the content or just that the content on sites needs to be unique, um, and so, you know, you have to just spend all this time rewriting your content. I think the point more is that Google, as a search engine, their primary goal has always been, I have a searcher, and they're looking for an answer, or they're looking to do something, they're looking to buy something, whatever. Um, I want to help them accomplish whatever their task is, as well as I can. I want to provide them whatever the best experience is on the web. And I think that's really what Matt meant probably um, when he was talking about the Apple experience. Um, As a searcher, you do want the best experience. Now, whatever the best experience means is going to vary, I think, based on what you're looking for. Um, So I don't think it's all about just that the content's unique or, you know, whatever. Um, I was doing a search the other day for... um, wireless um, multimedia stuff. Um, And what I realized, so I I found all these e-commerce sites that I think had what I was looking for, but there was not really a lot of information on any of these sites for me that really explained like why I would want to pick one product over the other or which products I would need to use um, in conjunction or how it all worked. And what it made me think of was that when we go to a store if it's a good store that we have a great experience at, there's probably a salesperson there that's really knowledgeable that we can ask questions to and that's going to provide us a lot of information. Or we could go to a crappy store that we have a bad experience in and that's where like the salespeople know nothing or they refuse to help us or we can't get any of our questions answered. And I think we should think of our websites in the same way. Um, So like if we have an um, e-commerce site, um, Whatever money you would have spent if you had a retail store on a salesperson that's really experienced about your products, think about spending that same amount of money on an expert who can write some content for that same audience that would explain the same things that a salesperson would would ask, right? Um, make it easy so that if I'm looking at a product, I can see what are all of the products that are either you know competitive products or related products. Or, you know, everything else I would have to buy if I buy this. Like, maybe I can't just buy the one component, but I need other ones. What are they, right? And so that isn't about them content. That's just about experience um, of, of the, you know, shopping experience and, you know, organization. Um, so I think that we need to think a little bit harder 
um, about what's actually um, going on here, right? Which is that we're trying to engage with people and solve their problems and help them, not just that we need to rewrite all of our content so that um, it's unique. Um, so I don't know. Like I say, I, I'm trying to work on a longer article about this, but um, I just see a lot of of discussion about this where I think maybe you know it starts to go astray, and I kind of worry that people are going to start spending a lot of money and a lot of time on work that ultimately ends up being just you know just busy work as opposed to work that's really going to make the experience better for people and also is going to help people get out of this panda problem and rank better. Um, so anyway, that's my rant for the day. Um, and with that, it looks like we are out of time. So I'm happy to be back. Um, and I'm happy that um, you are all, all able to join. And um, it was nice speaking with you as well, Brasco. Same here. All right. See you later. <laughs>